Hey, everybody. Welcome to Latter-day Lesbian, the podcast about an ex-Mormon gay girl just trying to figure out her life. <laughs> okay, so I paused because <laughs> Shelly was like um, mimicking me as I, I was I was mouthing that. your words as yeah. you said them. So I decided to switch it up. Well, I just I took a pause where I don't normally. I caught up to that pause. Uh, you know, you're too quick for me. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm Mary. I'm Shelly. All right. Let's get into the shit. Let's jump in. <laughs> Yeah, um, as usual, uh, dogs will be chewing on bones and probably wrestling. Yeah. What do we, we do we, about we, that? We can't control them. If no. we put them out back, they'll bark. Yes. If we put them in their crates upstairs, they will bark. They will If we whine. lock them in the bathroom upstairs, <laughs> they will stomp around like elephants. We can hear them through the ceiling. There's just there's just nothing that we can do. There's no like Harry Potter closet we can just shove them in? No, because they'll bark. <laughs> that didn't sound very humane. Well, we would never <laughs> no. do that. Uh. Dear, don't tell uh, Sarah McLaughlin. <laughs> <laughs> she. I wonder if the royalties off that one song because of those commercials are just so much higher than than the other ones for her. I don't know. Do you think anyone will ever take like it's the fucked up Mormon phrase of the yeah, day? Yeah, put that on and, an SPCA commercial. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Maybe How about roast that. the trolls? <laughs> huh. Yeah, I think that we're going to be royalty free. Gotcha. On this podcast so oh. far. So far. Good. One of these songs may hit. <laughs> may I hit tell you, the, the, the LDL singers are going to get discovered. <laughs> Aren't they? They're going to get discovered. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Okay. What, what should we do, Shelly? Well, the um, show here. we're going to get into this later, but last weekend we were in West Virginia. In Why don't Martin's we just get Ville. into it now? Because I have it written on my schedule to be at the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's Martinsburg, by the way. Isn't what it? did I call it? Martinsville. God damn it. You're right. <laughs> Mart. I'm writing Martinsburg. Berg. I'm making notes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Martinsville exists. It, uh, well, Maybe not, somewhere. Maybe. Just not there. Well, let me take a look at my notes. Here, here's what we're going to do today. Okay, tell us. It was a couple weeks ago that Matt Easton came out of the closet in his valedictorian speech at BYU. We're going to talk about that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And, you know, I sent him a friend request and he didn't respond. I even sent him a message and he didn't respond. And I'm like, what the heck? And the very next day I saw him and he was on Ellen, the Ellen DeGeneres <laughs> show. And I'm like, oh, so we're small okay, fry. We are yeah. small potatoes <laughs> at this point. Maybe, uh, maybe after he's done with the, his grand tour and by the way I'm really glad that he's getting that publicity that's awesome oh yeah um, but maybe after all those then maybe he would like to come on our our show our little meager our podcast. little meager <laughs> podcast of 50,000 downloads he was on Ellen we have more downloads than that now what are we at like 50 uh, 57 seven? Maybe. go ahead girl yeah go mean- ahead listeners <laughs> um so we're gonna talk about that also I think it was last week I told everyone that I invited my family to listen to just the podcast episode where we interview Sam Young because I think protecting our children it's a good idea no matter what church or yeah, whatever I don't care what church is. you belong to it's a good idea to understand what goes on and to protect your children from it yeah of course and I invited my family to listen to it and none of them have mm-hmm. none of them have even commented on what I said none of them even said cool none of them even had the guts to say I don't want to hear that shit like they said nothing. And mm-hmm. it's been what, three weeks now? I don't know. I'm like, I'm done. Yeah. Seriously. It's just it's stupid thinking that my family will interact with me at all on any level that has to do with things that matter to me. So Well, they're not, okay. So here's the deal. Hmm. If they acknowledge what's going on with Protect Every Child, 
before that, it was protect LDS children, I think. That's like admitting that the church does wrong deeds sometimes. They can't do that. That's going to shake them to their core. That's that's that, a faith crisis. That starts a faith crisis. No, you're right. And that everything you just said has cult written all over it. The mm-hmm. fact that they can't have analytic thoughts and look at the religion they belong to. I'm not saying look into the truthfulness of your religion. I'm not saying make sure you belong to the one true church. I'm saying protect your kids within your church. Mm -hmm. If I wanted to say, hey, you guys are in a cult and and you're fucking up your lives and it's a waste of your time and money and you're damaging your children, I could just come out and say that. That will never be heard by them. I am just saying Mm -hmm. protect your kids within whatever religion it is that you choose to belong to and they won't even hear that. Yeah. I would personally not venture to tell anyone they're wasting their lives doing something. Well, no, you're right. I would never say that. And and I don't think that. Yeah. That's their choice. For sure. And I think that's everybody's journey to discover. I remember I had this college friend who, um, I was a vocal major at JMU. Just going to come out and say it. That's where the LDS singers, or LD, LDS, <laughs> I, was, I secretly want to be LDS part of the Mormon singers of the Mormon Tabernacle Choir, <laughs> now known as... Temple, the choir uh, on Temple, Temple Square, Square, because we don't say Mormon, that's no, a for Satan. That's right. Okay. Yeah, uh, but anyway, this guy was my accompanist uh, in the music program, mm-hmm. and everybody thought he was gay, but nobody said anything. Right. He dated a few girls and stuff. And then finally he came out after college, and he's like, why didn't anyone tell me? You can't tell someone that. No. <laughs> you know? No. You can't really tell anyone how to live their life, and nor should you. No, I agree. I would never tell my family that they're wasting their time. I was in the Mormon church for 40 years, and I... Do you think it was a waste? Well, yeah, I would not have picked that. But at the same time, I can learn from that. And if they're in it, and they think that being a Mormon is good for them, whatever, great. That's your life, and that's fine. I just want to draw attention to the abuse problem within the church so that they don't allow their kids to be abused. Right. I'm not saying, hey, you better better check your beliefs. It's bullshit. I might think that, but I'm not going to say that. Anyway, it's disappointing to me that they wouldn't even bother listening to something. Uh, and it's not even that Mormon church negative. It's just like, this is what happens in the Mormon church. So, okay, I know we're not really talking about what happened in Martinsburg right this second, but yeah. this is just all great segues into what happened in Martinsburg. Should we just, should we just <laughs> Maybe go there? Maybe let's just do it. All right, let me, let me put a checkbox. Okay, so here's what happened in Martinsburg, West Virginia, and evidently there's going to be a Nightline story about it on May 22nd. That's what I think the plan is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Check your local listings for There's that. also been on... HBO Vice News. You yeah. can find that. Um, yeah, how do you how do you find that story? I just did a search for it. Okay. What'd you search for? HBO Vice News. No, but like how did you find <laughs> the correct episode? Oh, so I went well, we have HBO, so I went there and I just clicked in Vice News and then it lists the episodes and it said something like Latter day Saint. You can find it. Just do it, just do a okay. search. So it says Latter day Saint. Yeah, the title and there's of a it. few different topics that they cover in that episode and this case in Martinsburg, West Virginia is one of one of them. Right. So so allegedly what's happened is, well, actually Michael Jensen is now in prison. Yeah, so it's, it's not alleged that he okay. molested children because okay. he did. He's in prison for he's it now. He's in prison for mm-hmm. it. Okay. So he was tried and convicted of this crime. So, well, here's the story as I know it. He grew up in Utah and was a pedophile there. He had a couple of cases against him of abuse to minors, right? Mm-hmm. Sexual abuse to minors. Mm-hmm. Then 
they they moved to West Virginia. Is that what happened? His family moves to West Virginia. I don't remember when the move was, but he okay. did serve a mission. He served a mission, even though it was known within the church community that he had molested a couple of girls when he was a teenager and they were teenagers, younger teenagers. He had molested them, and he was still allowed to serve on a mission. Yes. Okay. And then at some point, the whole family ends up in Martinsburg, West Virginia. And for some reason, because he's kicked out of his mission... Yes, he's kicked out of his mission because I believe it was the parents of these girls who were molested were like, hey, what the hell? Right. So they get the cops involved. Right. And so they're like, oh, well, he's got to go home for his mission. And that's how he ends up in Martinsburg, West Virginia. But for some reason, he needed a place to stay. Mm -hmm. So the bishop of their ward knew that he was accused of these things. Mm Mm-hmm. And didn't want him staying in his house because he had children in the house, right? Isn't that the story that we've been hearing? So he was staying with, it was either the bishop or someone in the stake president or high council. I'm not exactly sure. And this person knew that he had a problem, that he had been accused of sexual abuse. Yeah. And he was staying with this person. This person did not have any kids living with him at the time. But then this person's, the stake president, whoever it was, their daughter was going to come visit and she had kids. So his grandkids were going to come be in his house. Mm. And he didn't want his grandkids in the house with this child molester, right. pedophile. And so he asked Tom Stallings if... If their family could put him up for a couple yes. months. Yes. Yeah. Without telling, of course, Tom... Oh, no. ...that this kid was a pedophile. Oh, and yeah. Tom has. Kids. Correct. Teenage and younger boys. Correct. And so Tom, being the nice man that he is, we met him over the weekend. He's a sweetheart. He's a, he thinks the best of everyone. He's a super kind and gentle person. And he trusted... The church. The church. He trusted the priesthood authority above him. And they said, you know, yeah, just put him up for a couple of months. Um, he came home from his mission because he had a bike accident and his back is hurt and he's trying to recover so he can go back on his mission. All a lie. Mm-hmm. That is a lie. He, right. he was sent home because he was in trouble with the law, and they were now kind of hiding him in West Virginia. It sounds like uh, this Michael Jensen's parents were hiding it, too, or his mother, because one of the other families involved in Martinsburg. Remember Michael Jensen's mother suggested that he babysit for them? Yes. And then they all go to some church meeting? Yes. Meaning all the parents go to a church meeting, and this woman whose kids were in the house— she was under the impression, I think, that Michael's mother was going to be there as well. And when she saw her at the church meeting, she was like, oh, no, something's wrong. Yeah, she had this feeling like, wait, why is Michael Jensen alone with my kids? She didn't know that he had a history, but right. she was told that Michael Jensen's mother would also be there to help watch the kids. Right. And then, you know, when, when his mother shows up at this church meeting, she's like, uh-uh, something's wrong. Mm-hmm. And that was her intuition. She comes home, and Michael's now in a completely different outfit Mm -hmm. than he was in before they left for the meeting. Yeah. And it turns out that he did molest those kids during that meeting while he was the only one in the house with the kids. Yeah. So it was a number of different families. I think it was six families total in in Martinsburg, West Virginia, who Mm -hmm. were affected and who were implicated in this. Yeah. And we met like three of the families. Well, some parts of the families. So anyway, they're trying to raise awareness for this issue. And the other thing is, and this is also my understanding, correct me if you have a different understanding, Shelley, but uh, church lawyers are assholes. Were the ones who defended Michael Jensen in this case. Yes, McConkie is the big Mormon law firm, and they defended this child molester with all of their money and all of their... Yeah, influence. Everything, the influence and resources. Yes, this. they defended this pedophile who mm-hmm. is now in prison, by the way, for I think it's 35 to 75 years. He was convicted, and it's over 30, 40 incidents of him molesting 
children. Yeah. And isn't the um, Mormon church essentially still trying to cover this up or Absolutely. deny it? Absolutely. Okay. So here's what we wanted to talk about here. Back, oh, it was in, I want to say the early 90s, uh, Dallin H. Oaks, who is next in line to be prophet and is also a class A asshole. <laughs> he is a lawyer and... I don't know, whatever. This is my opinion that he's a class A asshole. I don't know if I can get in trouble for that. Who cares? I mean, this whole show is our opinion, really. <laughs> good point, good point. <laughs> anyway, they put together a hotline for bishops to call when someone comes in and reports abuse. Well, it was also, it made it seem like it was a hotline for anybody who needed help. Right. This is church. what happens when you call the hotline, though. Okay, so right here in front of me, I have the protocol for abuse Helpline calls. So this is the paper that someone has in front of them who works for the abuse hotline. Mm -hmm. And they're going to get a phone call from the bishop or a parent or whatever within the Mormon church. Because instead of going to the police, which is what they freaking should do, they are told, call the abuse hotline. Right. So when you call the abuse hotline, and I'm reading directly from this, these are your high-risk cases. It says, if any of the following questions are answered, yes, immediately transfer the call to legal counsel. Okay. This is the first thing they're going to say. This is like, well, you've got your caller information, and then you have to you have two boxes to check. To check, is this a high risk cause? Is this a reportable situation? Who has reported? Who will report? Was legal counsel consulted? So notice, there's nothing in here about is the child safe? <laughs> right. Have the authorities been told? Contacted. Yeah. Um, is the accused away from other children? Is, is the accused still in? Um, like a position in the church where he's around children. Like there's no protection anywhere mm-hmm. except for protecting the church. Okay. So here's your high-risk cases. Number one, does your call concern child sexual abuse, which may have occurred on church property? So mm-hmm. they're concerned with if someone got abused on their property. Uh-huh. Number two, does your call concern sexual abuse, which may have occurred at a church-sponsored activity, such as church, seminary, Boy Scouts, Cub Scouts, etc.? It's like, okay, well, wait, did it happen in any way that the church could be involved? Does your call concern sexual abuse by a church leader or youth leader who used their church position to accomplish the abuse? Again, can the church get in trouble for this? Mm -hmm. Does your call concern an alleged perpetrator employed by the church? Mm -hmm. Again, can the church be held liable? Are you aware of previous child sexual abuse tendency towards sexual abuse by the alleged perpetrator? And finally, does your call concern an alleged perpetrator who is currently a missionary? Hmm. Again, does this have to do with the church? If well, you, so if it happened on, in someone's home, but it's all the church members that are involved in this, are they? I guess they're saying they're not. You can't implicate the LDS church. Well, no, that's what they're 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 looking to see. Is this happened on church property by a church member? Mm-hmm. Um, by someone member who used their church or a authority, in a th- like an authority figure, a church leader could be like a youth leader. Anything that's okay. church leadership, yes. And if you have say yes to any of those questions, then you are directly sent to Kurt McConkie, the big law firm. Which well, weren't they saying that that phone number directly goes to that law firm? I'm not exactly sure, but down here it says legal counsel, Kurt McConkie. These are the numbers. I'm not going to read the numbers and the yeah. names, but this is it has to do with anything, church property, church leadership, anything. You call legal counsel. So here's what I would suggest. If you are a member of the Mormon church and there is a pedophile in your home, you call the police. Call immediately. the police. Call the police. If you hear of anything within your ward, 
Call the police. Yeah. Do not go to your bishop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do not call the the abuse hotline. No. All the abuse hotline is is to give the lawyers in the church a heads up so they can start preparing a case mm-hmm. so they can defend the abuser. Right. Which is what they did with this Michael Jensen. They, with all their big money, defended him through multiple court cases. This is 30-something people that he abused, children that he abused. And they also had the nerve to try to get the parents of these abused kids to pay for half of the court costs. Mm. It's like, no, you fuckers. This kid that you knew was abusing and kept putting him in situations where he could abuse and didn't tell anybody. Right. You want us to pay half? Right. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I was so disgusted by the time we left West Virginia after hearing the stories and talking to people. I mean, I was furious. It really brought me down. Mm-hmm. It made me angry. It made me sad. It made me sick to my stomach knowing that my family still gives their time, money, and talents to this organization that protects pedophiles, protects child abusers, and attacks the abused. The parents of these kids that were abused when they went to court, you know what the church lawyers did? Hmm. They tried to dig up anything in the past of the parents to make them look like, well, we can't believe you. It's like, what the heck does my first two marriages have to do with the fact that this wicked person mm-hmm. abused my children, and now my children are going to need therapy. Yeah, it's a red herring. You're, you know, like, look over here. Look at the thing over here so you won't look at this thing. I mean, that's what the church does with everything, but it um, just hurts me more that they do it with politicians the children. Politicians do that, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. I was having a conversation with my ex-husband um, this morning when I was we were getting kids to school. And um, I was talking about how furious I was and how I just was basically hating all Mormon everything at this point. <laughs> and he says, well, I get it, but you have to understand these lawyers who are working for Kurt McConkie, these Mormon lawyers, they have had to just completely shut off any morality they have. So they're just doing a job. Oof. The case comes in, here's this kid that did this. Here's the parents that said that this happened and here are the laws and here's how we have to get him out of it. That's it. They have to just turn off their morals. And I hate that. I really wish the Mormon church could take a different stance. They're never going to do that. They don't apologize for anything. Here's the thing. In every religious institution, there are going to be bad apples. Mm -hmm. That's what happens. All you got to do, churches out there, no matter what your denomination is, is say, our heart goes out to Michael Jensen and his family. Michael Jensen is mentally ill. Mm -hmm. And we are going to stand behind these other families who are abused by him and all our resources and help are going to these families. They've got so much damn money. They could pay for any of, like, pay for both of it. pay Or pay for Michael Jensen's rehab in prison. I don't know. Like, if you feel like you need to help the abuser, there's enough money in the church to do both if that's what you somehow feel you need to do. But don't deny the abuse. Exactly. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And don't try to rip apart the families of those kids who were abused. And they could even say something like, You know, we are a flock and sometimes the sheep go astray, you know? Here's the problem. Here's how they set themselves up to where they can never say that. They are so hell-bent on priesthood authority, priesthood authority. If there's someone in priesthood authority above you, they speak to God. They have this mantle of righteousness on them. They have the spirit of discernment. They can discern right from wrong. The bishops know if you're lying. This is what they've created for people Mm -hmm. to believe, and they have to keep this. 
so they can maintain this thing that we are the one true church. We have the priesthood. God speaks to us and not the other people. Mm. So in order for this kid, this child molester, this pedophile to go on a mission, yeah, he would have had to have an interview with his bishop. He would have had to have an interview with his stake president. He would have to be in the MTC and and continue to lie to all of these people. And what's MTC again? Uh, the Mission Training Center. Okay. He would have had to have lied to his mission president. I mean, all of these people that are supposedly so close to God because they have this high priesthood because of, of the authority that they are in within the church, within the standings of the church, they all got fucking bamboozled. Yeah. Which means, guess what? The priesthood, this power of discernment that you get. It's fake. It's fake. It's a lie. I'm beginning to think it's all fake. <laughs> exactly. But the church will never, mark my words, never say anything that goes against a priesthood holder. Yeah. Not going to do it. Mm. They need to maintain that power, that we have power and influence. We are more connected to God because of the priesthood that we hold. It fucking sucks. I well, hate it. Humans make mistakes. We, we fuck up. What, what's, I, oh, no, I, we're normal what's people. So wrong I agree. With admitting that you make mistakes sometimes. <laughs> Prophets of the church have said that black people are black because they were less righteous in the pre-existence. We have to do an episode about that. Oh, we that. will. Have they ever come back and said, yeah, that statement was pretty racist and wrong? Nope. Never said it. They just mm-hmm. decided, we'll go ahead and give them the priesthood now and just disavow whatever. But they, but they won't get into the stickiness of it. President Nelson, actually, before he was a prophet, but he was still a high-ranking person in the church with as, as far as priesthood authority goes, he said that the AIDS disease was sent by God to right. kill off the gay people right. as a punishment for being gay. Mm-hmm. Has he ever now said, wow, I was such a homophobe back then. I'm sorry. <laughs> and the thing is, is, as the Mormon church progresses through time, they will lighten their, stance, um, on their stance on things, but they will never go back and say, wow, I said this and that was wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's why I can have zero respect for it. There's no humility in the there's, Mormon there's church. There's none. You know, I was raised, I was a bit racist. You know, I grew up in a family that was racist. I called people the N-word. I, I did, you know, wow. when I was younger, I did, because that's what I was brought up in. And I have since recognized it and said, I'm sorry. That was, those things that I thought and those things that I said were wrong. Yeah. And I don't feel that way. And the reason I felt that way is because of these certain circumstances that I was raised in. It's wrong. I don't agree with it. I don't believe it. And I'll stand against all that shit. Right. When you make mistakes, when you're a church, you make mistakes like that, you will get so much more respect and more followers and freaking more money for that matter, if that's what you're after. If you can say, wow, we did this wrong. We were in an era and we did it wrong and we're correcting it. And what we said was wrong. Right. They have never done that. And they've been wrong on a billion things. For for sure. Well, also, it would allow the parishioners, allow regular members to not feel like they got to be perfect all the time. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Who can uphold that? Nobody. They sure as hell didn't. It's a, it's a charade. Yeah. To yeah. like, you know, try to uphold this like perfect demeanor all the time. It's not, it's not real. No, and it doesn't teach accepting responsibility for your actions and for things that you say. Right. Just come out and say, hey, I said this, I did this, and it was wrong. Mm-hmm. It was wrong. Yeah. They never will. They no. don't apologize. Actually, I'm almost positive it was Elder Oaks that said the church will not apologize. He actually said that like in a like in a like a damn right sort of way. He's proud of it. He's a douche. Mm. Just you wait, Mormons. Not I don't think we have any Mormon <laughs> listeners left, but just you wait when when you think President Nelson's bad, wait till 
homophobe gets in. Mm. I mean, they're both homophobes, but it's, it's not getting better. I think they're lightening their stance on things because they're losing members, but they still feel the same way. Have we covered off on West Virginia? I would say... Well, that was the... Go ahead. I'm sorry. I keep oh, interrupting I would you. just say that if you are interested in this topic, research it. The reason we went down is to join Sam Young in his uh, hike, uh, Climb a Mountain, Save a Child. And so we hiked in the rain, yeah. the pouring rain. That was quite steep. <clears throat> That that Maryland Heights trail. <laughs> I mean, there were some steep, steepish spots. It was steep. <laughs> <laughs> we I, did I it. realized something. What? The um, time to prepare for a hike like that is not on the hike. <laughs> 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 yeah. Hmm. I should rethink that strategy for next time. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll just prepare. Well, I ate an extra piece of toast with butter, nice. so I was good. I had the carbs. I was mm-hmm. I was ready to go. Wow, way to fuel up for that. I know. Thanks. We'll post pictures of that. Um, and I really do stand behind Sam Young and his efforts to get the abuse to stop in all organizations, not just the Mormon Church anymore. He's after everyone, and that's fantastic. No child yeah. should be abused. I just think it all coincided with this with these Martinsburg families for sure. Um, he wanted to hike a mountain. Hey, guess what? There's mountains right there. Mm-hmm. We can we can do this all in this one area. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Met some awesome people, by the way. I'm not going to list names because there are a billion of them, but met some great people on the hike yeah. and some people that will be friends of ours forever. You know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there was a press conference slash panel afterward. Everyone stood up and said some things, and then it was a Q&A session, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And some dude walked in the back, and I immediately started to sort of trigger but not really, but like one of these kids is not like the other kind of thing. Because everyone's dressed casual. This dude comes in in a white shirt and tie. And I'm like, Oversized white shirt to fit the garments. Yeah. (laughs) And of course he has a question in the back of the row. And this is like two hours into the whole thing. And he basically was saying that the church is making very good strides in um, being more accepting of people. And of course, we're like, no, no, no. Listen, <laughs> it's not a big stride when in 2018 or 2019, you're finally allowing your female missionaries to wear pants. Right. That's not That's not a stride. That's uh-huh. like, no. Uh, yeah, that, yeah. that should never even be. It's not a big stride when you finally decide, well, okay, maybe we will let children of gay people get, get baptized. That's mm-hmm. not a, that's not... I know, and I had to throw out a snide comment. So he's like talking about the big strides, and I was like, oh, yeah, I heard that uh, (laughs) girls are going to start to get the priesthood. Is that correct? (laughs) Everyone laughed like, nope, there's some strides they will not take. Mm -hmm. Then he had the nerve to talk about, and I don't even know how he managed to wedge that into his little spiel he was giving back in the back row, but he mentioned marriage ordained of God between a man and a woman. Uh And the entire crowd was like, boo, <laughs> you can stop, you can stop. I yeah, mean, the, even it got shut down pretty quick. It got shut down pretty quick. It's like, no, 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 no. You talk about time and place. Come on, dude. Right. Really? Right. You got gay people up here on the panel and you are wanting to push this yeah. marriages between a man and a woman uh-huh. under God. I'm like, no, stop, and, bro. And be sure to have lots of babies. Yeah. Yeah. So that was our, that was, oh, that could be the troll. We roasted the troll. Oh, should we throw in the music there? Throw the music in. <laughs> okay. Throw it at the end. We roasted, I don't know what that guy's name was, white shirt and tie dude. <laughs> Balding, white shirt and tie dude with kind of the high-pitched voice. Roasted. <laughs> okay. I think we covered the weekend. Yeah. Oh, I think so too. Why don't we take a little break and then when we come back, we can get to our foom pod. All right. Be right back. 
And we're back. Hi. Hi. Before we get right into the Foom Pod, we forgot to thank our Patreon partners this week. Oh I know. my gosh. And I'm pumped because this yesterday, actually, uh, we reached 75 Patreon partners. Oh, right. And the reward for that goal was... <laughs> I posted a picture of Mary. I mean, we've only been teasing this picture for... Oh, it's out. It's out on social media, and it is amazing. Is it? So look for it on our on our Facebook page, Instagram, um, my Facebook page, Shelly mm-hmm. Johnson. It is phenomenal. Yeah. Worth it. Is it? Okay. For me, it was. This is some really funny conversations going on about what is or is not considered a mullet, about the lovely pearls you were wearing, the look on your face, your clenched fist. I don't know I mean, why I'm clenching my fist. <laughs> because look at what you're wearing. The poofy sleeves, lots of great um, gifts about poofy sleeves. Good times. I had a friend that said, oh, I think I recognized that prom dress. Okay, it wasn't a prom dress. <laughs> that was my sister's bridesmaid's dresses that she'd picked out for a wedding. That's fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. Definitely 80s. Like oh, legit yeah. 80s. Oh, for sure. We'd love to find out from you listeners, is it a mullet? I say Why yes. isn't it a mullet? Well, I don't know because she said that it wasn't short enough on top. Someone who posted, Heather, Heather was, who posted. I had bangs and then it was cut like straight over my that ears. That was the same mullet that I had. Just yours is wavy so it looks a little different. Yeah, because I had a perm. It was a permed mullet. Oh, God. That was a special type of mullet. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sweetie. I know. Mm, I love you now. (laughs) Yeah, it's a different time. Yeah. All right. So, oh, by the way of Patreon announcements, when we reach 100, which we are on a roll, so many people are signing up and subscribing, and thank you so much. It's so much fun to have more people involved with us on our Patreon page. We have a good time there. Lots of videos to see. And it's possible bonuses. that people want to be involved in our causes, which we are excited about. And circletogether.org and protecteverychild.com. 10% of any tier amount subscription on Patreon goes to those causes. Yep. It's our tithing fund. Yes. Mm-hmm. When we hit 100K, the reward is I am going to read my patriarchal blessing <laughs> right. on video and analyze it. And you all can get yours out too and see like, oh my God, I got told the same thing. Um, so <laughs> right. that is what it's going to be. Fun. decided. And then after that, I think we've kind of run out of ideas. So any of you who could come up with ideas of what the next goal would be as far as... Um, like maybe 150? If we have a, if we sure. Have a I mean, we can do 25 that. at a time. That's fine. But you come up with, with what reward you want is what I'm saying. Do we really want to leave it up to people? It could I get do. a little odd. I, I will <laughs> flash my boobies. Hey, no, you won't. Mm-mm. <sighs> nope. <laughs> Speaking of boobies, let's get to Speaking our of- new patrons. <laughs> Trust me. All right, here we go. We ready? <laughs> Here's our new patrons, and there's a lot of them. Laura W. Thank you. Nora B's in the house. Uh-huh. Brenda N. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's an alias from someone. New name, A-hole him. A-hole him? Mm-hmm. As in H-I-M? Like Elohim, Ahohim. Oh, okay. Elohim. That's like a Ahol. Yeah, it's it's a it's temple like, Mormon thing. Okay. Haley <laughs> F. Hi Haley. Phoenix G. So in love with Phoenix, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah, you're in love. Mm-hmm. Okay. And finally, glitz, which is short for glitter tits. <laughs> wow so those of you who are signing up on patreon um which again we love you don't be shy you give us whatever name you want us to tell if you don't tell us a specific name we're just going to go with your first name uh last name initial but 
Glitter tits. Glitter tits. Why the Just hell not? Just try and top that. All right. Challenge. Good. The gauntlet has been thrown. It has been. Okay. We also need to correct last week, not correction, and in addition, uh, last week's Foom Pod was courtesy of. Courtesy of Alyssa. She was Ooh. the one who sent in Flirt to Convert. Ooh, nice. Thank you, Alyssa. Oh, also, thanks to everybody on Patreon. If you would like to become a Patreon partner, supporter of this podcast, please visit patreon.com slash latterdaylesbian and sign up. Please and thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. What's today's foom pod? I'm pumped about today's foom pod and is brought to you by my good friend, Danny Caldwell of the Rainbow Mormon Podcast. Okay. Cue music. Oh, right. Cue music. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot you to put that in there. Uh-huh. It's the fucked up Mormon phrase of the day. Okay, so what's the fucked up Mormon phrase the of the fucked day? Mary, the fucked up Mormon <laughs> phrase of the day is age of accountability. Go. Do, 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 age of accountability. No. no. God. Okay. Tell the LDL singers <laughs> to stop. Pipe down, LDL singers. <laughs> I've had about enough of that. I've had enough of you. <laughs> age of accountability. Gosh, isn't all ages with the Mormon church the age of accountability? Is this one of those weird Armageddon things? Like, the age of accountability is coming. You better stockpile all that shit and get down in your bomb shelter. Nope. That's called the second coming, but carry on. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. You know, I don't, I don't know what this is. I don't know. So the, the buzzer. Cue the buzzer. <laughs> okay, well, it's an, it's an age. It's a number, like, of how old you are. Oh. I'm giving you hints, but you still missed it. Oh. So what would you say is the age of accountability? Eight, because then you're baptized. Correct. Oh, my gosh. So that I no, should get no, a bell. No, I should get a bell. No, I had to give you a clue. What's wrong with a clue? I'm not Mormon. I gave you a huge clue. I said it was like somebody's <laughs> age. Give me a number. She missed it. Okay. Here's what we're going to talk about. Those poor eight-year-olds. I'm just saying. Oh, God. When you're eight, you are now accountable. You can make the choice to join the Mormon church. You can start getting guilted and shamed. You are saying that you are old enough and mature enough and wise enough to follow this path. Wow. Do you know who is eight years old? Besides one of your children? Philip. <laughs> Philip is eight years old. I know. And we talk about Philip from time to time on the podcast because oh, yeah. he's nutty. Well, he's, he's batshit crazy. And he is barely out of pull-ups. I mean, I'm, I'm saying he is not ready <laughs> for accountability. No. So, okay, this child who is ready to make a firm commitment to what he wants to do for the entire rest of his life oh, is also gosh. the child who moonwalks behind second base during baseball games. <laughs> he lies down on the field sometimes. He lies down in the field. Mm-hmm. And while balls get hit and just go past him, and his teammates are like, fill up the balls by you. And he's like, oh, yeah. He gets up, finds his hat, puts it on, goes get the ball. He is also the kid who one of his first games when he was eight, the ball was hit to him, and he was playing on third base. And so he picked the ball up off the ground. And instead of tagging the base or trying to throw it to first, he turned around and threw it to his buddy in the outfield. Just it was, for fun. Yeah, he's like, hey, you know, he's going to throw the catch. ball. But he's also the age of accountability where mm-hmm. he can take on the responsibility of being Mormon and doing all the Mormon things and now having to repent for every single tiny sin. Wow. Philip is also the kid who in the car told um, his sister, Sabrina, who was complaining about one of her friends being a bully. 
he goes, uh, not to be mean, but you can just look at that girl and tell that she's a jerk. <laughs> this is also well, so, the okay, eight-year-old. Okay, maybe he has discernment. Oh, shit. Maybe I'm totally <laughs> wrong. Maybe he is ready. Maybe he's ready. This is also the kid that was crying because... The tutorial that I gave him on how to light, light a, a candle, candle was not a good enough tutorial, right. and he got burned. And he and he cried over. He it. cried over yeah. that. But yeah. he is also at the age well, where he can decide who he's going to be for the rest of his life. This well, is, and also atone for all your sins and everything. Yeah, that's a, that's really a heavy load to lay on a kid. Yeah, yeah. This is also the same kid that when driving to school and I was telling his little sister that she needs to, she can present to her class a picture of her family and tell right. everyone the names of her do siblings. Yeah, and Philip said, <laughs> do not tell them my name. Yeah. Same kid, same age. You're telling me that at age eight, you are wise enough, experienced enough, smart enough, in tune enough to who you are to decide, yes, I want to be baptized and make covenants with God mm-hmm. and receive the fake Holy Ghost. I mean, when was this all written, or when did when did this when did this become a thing? Because uh, he, back in Joseph Smith's time. Well, there you go. Here's the thing: kids were getting married at like 15, 14, 15 years old, right? Yep. And so they were probably well, living to be about well, thirty. No, <laughs> that was still pedophilia. Okay, Joseph Smith was. In his 20s, 30s, marrying 14-year-olds. Okay, but maybe you lived to be maybe 40, right? It wasn't that long ago. It was but I got what you're saying. 200 years ago. Okay, I something. do get what you're saying. I'm just saying that maybe being eight was a lot different back then than being an eight-year-old today. I agree 100%. So why don't they change the age? Exactly. Because they suck. You know why? Because they're never going to admit that something was wrong. Right. There you go. It all comes back to that. And if you wait too long to get that kid sucked into baptism, they're going to... Find something better. Yeah. Or find something (laughs) that doesn't suck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, that is your fucked up Mormon phrase of the day. I would love to hear from listeners about their eight-year-olds that are in no way, no way... Ready for that. Ready for that kind of responsibility. And when you were saying age of accountability, I wasn't thinking a number. I was thinking like a time or an era. Like an era. Yeah. Like the... Paleozoic. Sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Why don't we jump into the listener letter for the week, shall Do it. we? Okay. Would love that. This is from Monica. Monica writes, Mary and Shelley. Wow. I really have no clue how I came across your podcast, but when I did, I wanted to hop on a plane and meet you. It was a tender mercy. Well, That's how you came across it. Come on. Bring it. Hop on a plane. We Monica. have room. That's right. I hope you won't mind me taking up your time to share my story. It's a really long one. Prepare yourselves. Here we go. I'm 46 and the mother of eight children. I'm also a lesbian. I was born in Southern Utah, Happy Valley. I was raised in the Mormon church my whole life. My parents were extremely abusive physically and mentally, yet we were required to follow the Mormon way of life, rules, etc. I felt so guilty inside, so unworthy for my thoughts, as well as for my lack of strength in fighting off the feelings I would have for girls all throughout my life. I had never seen any open gay relationships. I was very confused. The one thing I did know was that I had to follow the right path. Choose the right. CTR. Isn't that a ring that you get? LDL. We changed it. Yeah, well, we did. Or I would be sent to one of the lesser kingdoms away from Jesus. Gosh, that's always a threat, isn't it? It was drilled into my brain over and over and over and over again. Shelley, so many of your experiences you've shared on the podcast about injustice and the role of priesthood authority are as if 
they were my own. I have always felt lesser than a man, yet I knew the only way I could be, quote, happy was if I found myself a worthy returned missionary and married in the temple. Yep, that's what you do. Yep. So I did just that. At the age of 19, I married a man in the temple. I got pregnant on our wedding night. Oof. Of course, we had to start early as to bring spirit children into this world and directly into a worthy home. I remember reading this and I was like, huh? Bring spirit children into the world? Yeah. So the idea is that people in the the celestial kingdom are birthing No, no, no. This is a pre-existent. Oh. Right. Like Monica's saying, she became a vessel for somebody else's spirit baby. Yes. Isn't that how it works? Yes. So somebody's birthing a spirit baby and they go into this body- of a current Mormon. Well, the belief is that we we birth God's spirit babies. I thought it's people that in their afterlife making spirit That's babies. in the future after Armageddon. Oh I don't know. It's, it's so it's, stupid. Are you, are you thinking <laughs> what I'm thinking? <laughs> that it might be all fake? <laughs> <laughs> Who can keep track of which spirit babies you're talking about? I don't know. There's too I, many spirit babies. Yep. So it's God's spirit babies that are made in the pre-existence. And here's the dumb thing, not to get technical, <laughs> but they say that we are matter, M-A-T-T-E-R. And if matter always existed, then how do you need to create these spirit babies? It's all bullshit. I don't know, but I don't believe there's another way to spell matter. Oh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. I know. Crossword puzzles. <laughs> all right, let me continue with the letter. <laughs> okay. If anything helped me avoid my true self, it was being pregnant and breastfeeding nonstop. The lack of sleep kept my mind in a mush, yet I wanted to do everything 100% so all of my sinful thoughts I'd have could be made clean by how worthy my actions were. Mm. It's exhausting to even think about. The callings, the canning, the sewing, so much work that exhaustion was the way to survive mentally. So... When there's a grocery store down the street, why is there can why is canning involved? Canning has become it would originally start as we need to prepare for the second coming mm-hmm. because the earth is going to like burn or whatever and you need to be prepared. You need to have a year's supply of food for yourself and your family. Okay. And that involved people growing their own vegetables and fruits and canning them, which if that's a hobby of yours, great, but don't do it out of fear of the second coming. Well, because you can also stockpile like cans of tomatoes from the grocery store. For sure. And that's what people do as well. Mm-hmm. But there's something about this. It's because like a they would teach, cl- thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They would teach classes on how to can food and bottle foods. And it was just like a big Mormon thing. Re- like relief society classes? Oh, absolutely. So yeah. the women were taught this. Yeah. Well, you think they're going to teach the men anything to do with food prep? <laughs> <laughs> no. Silly me. You're so funny. I'm so cute. Mm-hmm. Okay. Back to the letter. As for leaving the church, my shelf just broke. I mean, could you blame her? Eight kids and all this other stuff. For years, I had struggled with so much of the church doctrine, even though I taught Relief Society and the young women for years. How did she have time for all that? Canning, sewing, teaching Relief Society, young women's, raising eight kids. You just do it. You shut off anything that you actually want to do, anything that makes you happy. Because if you take the time to do something that you want to do— Um, you feel guilty because you yeah. could be doing something else. Matter of fact, that makes that reminds me of my sister-in-law. I remember her saying years and years and years ago that she felt guilty if she spent money on things. So she decided that if like she's going to go get her nails done, whatever dollar amount that cost to get her nails done, she would then take that dollar amount and put it um, into tithing or fast offerings or something like that because the guilt is there. What are fast offerings? Um, so when you fast on Sunday... Uh, for church's fast and testimony meeting craziness, then 
you're supposed to take the amount of money that you would spend on a meal and give it to the church. And they are supposed to take that and help people with it. But that's Do also... Do they help people with it? Not like they could be helping people with the amount of money that they're getting. Okay. Good grief. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the church needs more money. Oh, yeah. Just so that the lawyers can lawyer up and defend mm-hmm. any potential pedophiles yeah, or whatever Yeah, keep paying else. your tithing because you paid yeah. Kurt McConkie to defend a pedophile. Way yeah, to go, guys. He, yeah. I know. If their lawyers had been just a little bit better, maybe he would have gotten off the hook. Yeah. Huh. How about that? Keep paying that tithing. Keep paying. Okay. I was educated in the church, so I would always defer to my husband, and he always had the answers, which I believed. I know. That's a thing. I fought to be the best Mormon woman I could be, yet I would blame my thoughts for my lack of being perfect. Oof. Wow. The guilt and the shame. If only I was like the other good, righteous Mormon women, I wouldn't be suffering with feelings for other women. I did speak with my husband about the thoughts and dreams I was having. We would fast and try to pray it away and go to the temple, etc. I had an experience happen that changed everything. My mother, who manipulated and controlled our family, got ovarian cancer. She died one year later. It's sad, but it felt like a weight had been lifted. We decided to move out of Utah County and go to Central Oregon. That's where my husband's family lives. As soon as I was there, I saw my first set of lesbians walking down the street holding hands. All right. They're so cute. They come in sets, you know. For sure. For sure. We come in a set. We are a set. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm distracted. I had to stop my car. The people here are so kind and happy. It made me think again, why are Mormons so special? The town I live in has the most loving community. You don't need to be a Mormon to be a loving person. Which probably you're, you have a better shot at being a loving person if you are not Mormon, is what Correct. I would say to that. You definitely will be a more accepting person. For sure. Mm-hmm. Which could be more loving. Absolutely. Depending on your viewpoint. Mm-hmm. It took a few more months, and then I came across my husband watching porn. I lost it. Here I was beating myself up over how sinful my thoughts were, trusting this man of God to have all the answers, feeling so low and unworthy, and he was breaking his covenants to me for about 21 years behind my back and preaching to me about how to be a more righteous woman. Ooh, wow. The hypocrites in the Mm -hmm. Mormon church. Yep. That was the beginning of the end. We tried to do therapy. The bishop and stake president tried to convince me that the church and all of its messed up doctrine were all true. Mm-hmm, of course they did. I gave it one more Sunday. I told my children that if I didn't hear Jesus' name just once in sacrament meeting, then I was never coming back. You know what? Jesus never came up. Of course not. Mm. My marriage was built on lies. The person I married was who the church made him to be, as well as myself. Did I trust anyone? I had believed and followed blindly, and now I couldn't even trust myself. After 22 years of marriage, we ended it, yet we lived in the same house in separate rooms. He eventually moved out. I decided to dedicate my time to finding equality and defending it. Good for you. I had no intentions on dating. I thought, who is going to want my mess? This messed up, abused woman. To end this sooner than later, I did marry a woman, and we've been together for six years. It's been difficult in so many ways. But to be loved and to really feel it, well, it's hard to explain, so I won't. I I get this. Mm-hmm. You know, you spend your life thinking you're a piece of shit. Yeah. And you're never good enough. Yep, I sure did. Yeah, and the people that supposedly are supposed to love you actually don't, and then they betray you and they do porn or whatever else that feels like a betrayal. Yeah. And how do you know what an actual loving relationship looks like? Plus, she was abused by her mother growing up. Right. So, she doesn't have role models. Yeah, everything that's been modeled to her as normal 
is actually abusive. And right. you don't recognize how horrible it is until you get out of it. And I'm speaking of the church. You don't realize how horrible it is until you leave. And then you're like, I am so screwed up. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And sometimes, you know, we even bump up against this once in a while. Um, if we have an argument or something, you sort of trigger back to arguments from your past. Sure. Yeah. And you kind of think that I am going to end up reacting the same exact way as people in your past have acted right. towards you. Right. And I have to remind you that I'm a different person. Yeah, you're right. And I don't act that way. You, yeah. You don't. You're wonderful. Oh, mm-hmm. thank you, sweetheart. But I think it's difficult when this has been modeled for you, these abusive and fucked up relationships your entire life. How do you recognize what a normal relationship even is and what a loving relationship looks like? Well, so I recognize what you and I have is normal and loving and wonderful and beautiful. That doesn't stop me from at times reverting back to what I have been used to in my life. Yeah. And kind of bracing myself for that from you. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, and thank you, Mary, our relationship is so deep and good and open that I can tell you, Mary, I feel like you're going to X, Y, Z, because mm-hmm. that's what I had in this certain experience. And you listen to me, you don't get frustrated, you don't you don't say, you, I'm not like that. Like It, it yeah. never turns into an argument. Me being vulnerable and saying, this might make sense, but I'm expecting you to blah, 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 and I can't get that out of my heart, which is why I'm crying right now, and I can't deal with this discussion we're having. And you are able to listen and understand that, yeah, I've got some PTSD, a lifetime of Mormonism. I have PTSD. Yeah. And you listen, and you remind me that you're not going to treat me that way, and you don't treat me that way. Right. I don't know, maybe 20 years down the road with you and I, I won't still— Trigger? Trigger. And maybe I will, but I know you, and you will still talk me down and love me and remind me that your love for me is pure and good and not about anything else. Yeah, not manipulative. Right. I think it's going to just take some time. And, you know, Monica, it might take you a little bit of time to recognize what a safe space and relationship looks like and what a loving relationship is. I think that just takes some time once you've been in the opposite. Right. You know, when you felt unsafe and you felt unloved and unworthy. And you thought that was normal. And you thought that was normal. Right. Yeah. That's just going to take a lot of time and therapy probably. That's what I would do. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. I would That's what I would recommend. Recommend therapy to everyone mm-hmm. in the world, but especially to those that are leaving Mormonism mm-hmm. and they are recognizing that they're fucked up. Go yeah. to therapy and go to a non-Mormon therapist. Yes, please. please. Yes. Please. Okay, let's wrap up this letter. Okay. Things aren't always great, but I am living as my true self. That is such good news, Monica. Yeah. That is. That's that's so important. If there's anything I want my children to learn from all of this, it's that Who they are inside matters, and only they know who they are. I could not agree more with that statement, Monica. Find your true self and be that. Indeed. Yes. Amen. Amen. Sister. So much more to my story than this, yet my reason for sharing is to tell you thank you so very much for sharing your experiences, and you're welcome. You're welcome, Monica. Shelly, I'm amazed at what a strong, open woman you are. It gives me such hope for myself. I don't feel so alone either, and I haven't felt that to this degree before now. I still can't believe I know another woman who is Mormon and has a bunch of kids and is a lesbian. (laughs) You sure do. Yep. Mm -hmm. So thank you again for being such a light for others. Mm, She is so right. 
Mary, so sorry for just directing this towards Shelly. No problem. I love hearing your thoughts a lot on the podcast. It has helped me to understand where my wife is coming from. So please keep on sharing. Your story matters, and I hope to hear more about you because you must be pretty amazing to have jumped on board into the life of an ex-Mormon lesbian. <laughs> Hugs to both of you, Monica. Mm. Monica, thank you for, for writing in. Um, one thing I want to say is when people write in and they say that our podcast has made them feel less alone, I can't think of anything that makes me feel better than yeah. that. Because being alone just sucks. And being alone makes you typically stay stagnant and stay where you are because it's too scary right. to leave the horrible situation you're in because you are alone and you don't think you have anyone and you don't think that anyone knows how you're feeling or what you're even talking about. Yeah. I hope that if nothing else, we will continue to help people feel less alone and encourage them to find their own happiness. Yeah, exactly. I agree. I couldn't agree more, actually. You are not alone. Mm -mm. And we are here for you. And please continue writing in. In fact, if you would like to get in touch with us, the best way to do that is to go to our website, latterdaylesbian.org slash contact. All the ways to get in touch with us are listed right there. Please contact us. Yeah, please do. We love the letters and the feedback. Okay, we kept putting off talking about Matt Easton, and unfortunately, we are out of time. But I f feel bad, don't feel bad, because we covered a lot of really good shit in this episode. So I'm making a note right now on next week. Maybe he'll have contacted us by then. <laughs> to I'm going to bug the shit out of him. Till he, I'm going to bug the shit out of him. And I'm going to like, you know, send messages to Ellen, be like, tell your boy Matt to contact us. <laughs> tell your us. boy Matt. <laughs> um, we will for sure get to that, because it's not just about him, it's about everything that he stood for. It's about the comments that Mormon people are making against what he did. Um, and there's a lot of deep shit to delve into. So if we started that now, this podcast would be eternally long. And I know you have to get to work. And actually, so do I. <laughs> um, but I do have an announcement. Oh, well, let's hear it. So we are going to be going to Salt Lake Pride. Correct. On June 1st and 2nd. But we also have now decided and have registered for... Capital Pride, which is in Washington, D.C. on, I want to say, June 9th. It's a Sunday. Yeah, it's the week after. Yeah. And I'm kind of uh, nervous because Capital Pride is huge. It's is, huge. It's bigger than Salt Lake City Pride? Yes. Okay. What are you nervous about? Because it's huge. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll be interesting to see the kind of response we get because we feel like in Salt Lake City... Those are our people. It's like yeah. ex-Mormon, LGBTQ, yeah. Yeah, LGBTQ people. Yeah. So theoretically, the ones that we're going to bump into at Capital Pride, the majority of them will not be ex-Mormon. Right, so that's true. will any of them care? I don't know. I think we need to get something up on our booth that sort of explains a little bit about Latter Day, you know? Because yeah. lesbian, well, duh. You don't think most day. people know that? I, I don't know. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. You don't I, think that people know that? I don't know. I don't know. We could ask. Okay. Anyway, we're going to... So, any locals, please, please, please mark your calendar. June 9th. June 9th. It's the Sunday festival. Wherever we'll have that a is. booth. We'll find out where it is. We're, we just registered. Yeah. Um, so, we will be there with a booth. We don't know where it's going to be. We don't even know what we're doing. Typical us. We're just <laughs> fly it. by the seat of our pants, <laughs> winging it, and we'll be there. <laughs> but uh, we ordered a um, portable microphone, so we, we did. Can, we can hopefully get some uh, some audio clips from some people. We'll interview some people. Will we have that available for Utah Pride as well? Yeah, it should be here today. 
Yeah. We'll bring it so we can get audio clips and people can be on the podcast. Yeah. If we're not too close to like a music stage, then we should be able to hear people. We'll just see, we'll just see how it goes. We'll give it a shot. We could take them in a porta potty. Oh, ew. No. <laughs> I was kidding. Nope. Not a good idea. When Mary responds, weird. When, when Mary responds to my ideas with, oh, no. And I always just say, ah, I was just kidding. Gotcha. Just joking. <laughs> Here. Complete stranger, come with me into the porta, porta potty. potty. That's not weird. I bet you I could get people to do it. <laughs> um, it doesn't make it right. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> Maybe don't do that. <laughs> Guys, what Mary doesn't know won't hurt her. She'll be like, where did you get all this amazing um, sound audio footage? What's it, the fuck's it audio called? Audio footage? <laughs> sound files. How about that? Where did you get all these amazing sound files? It's, the sound is so good. It's it's. And why quiet. do you smell vaguely of shit and disinfectant? <laughs> <laughs> it's my new fragrance. Ew. Ew. Shit, and discon- dis- shit and disinfectant. Shit skin. Best okay, never mind. <laughs> okay, we're not going to go to market with that just yet. Damn it. I never have the good ideas. <laughs> wow. Okay, well, on that note, uh, maybe we need to wrap this up. Uh, special thanks once again to Dan at Extension Audio for putting this together and giving all that mastery magic, uh, mastering, mastering, magic mastering, magic mastering, mm-hmm. and mixing. Okay. So until next time. Wait, I want to say something. Okay. People who are new to our podcast, I found that some are just listening to, oh yeah, I listened to episode 11 and then I listened to episode 21 and you guys are great. And I love it. Whatever you want to listen to, love it. But I would encourage people to start from the beginning because we do build. And Mm -hmm. on my story, your story, our story. Um, So if this is your first time listening and this is your first episode, start at the beginning. Okay. Get to know us better. Sure. Why not? Why the... Not. And then send us a letter so we can get to know you. Yes. We'll just have a little relationship here. Mm, I like that. You like it? Mm-hmm. But no one's going into a porta potty with Shelly. You are so boring. <laughs> <laughs> I guess someone's got to keep this in check. Okay. I guess that's you. <laughs> I guess so. All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Until next time, remember steer clear of cults because they are no joke. No joke. Talk to you later. Bye bye. 